I was really thinking I should have taken notes for this one. Yeah, this is definitely one to have taken notes for. And again, you are not allowed to eat those chips while we're recording. <laughs> I won't eat any then. When he puts way too many Pringles in his mouth. <laughs> and he thinks it'll be funny for a joke. That's such a funny picture I just took because... He, you're using your hand to make sure no Pringles fall out onto the floor, and Bruce just has his face there like, if one crumb hits the carpet, I am slurping it up, no matter how scorching those Pringles are. I can't chew them. Welcome to Let's Run That... <laughs> that was Bruce licking Matt's mouth. Do you hear that? Oh my god, that's hilarious. Welcome to Let's Run That Back, I'm Cody. I'm Matt. We're two brothers to talk about movies as if our opinions matter, and today we'll catch up on what we've been watching... We'll uncover the mystery of Glass Onion, and we'll discuss what movies we're looking forward to this year. So without further ado, let's run that back. So it's been a while again. There's no reason to talk about it. Let's just move on. In that time, surprisingly, probably because of like the holidays and all that kind of, like, it gets busier, I haven't watched a ton of movies but I did watch a couple TV series, and so most recently, I finished watching Wednesday, which I wasn't 100% sure if I wanted to watch, mostly because I, I never have seen, like, The Addams Family or Addams Family Values, like, either of those movies from the 90s. Really? Really. Oh, my God. I know, but luckily, I mean, the the show, I'm sure there's references and stuff, but the show doesn't have anything to do with them. Um, and it was just really good. Jenna Ortega was so good, and it was, you know, it was like a mystery, like a, like a teen, you know, dark mystery, and it was really good. And Dylan finished watching Game of Thrones for the first time. Okay. And he was very disappointed, <laughs> as we all were. I was really nervous that, like, with him binging it, he was gonna be like, you know, it wasn't that bad, but, like... No, it was, he, he talks about how it was, it was kind of, it was almost not worth it watching Game of Thrones, but. Because of the ending? Because of the ending. It's just so bad, but. uh, Well, he didn't like brand the entire series, right? That's correct. And his you, favorite episode was episode one when it gets thrown out of the window. Exactly. Yes. What we do for love. And Dylan was cheering. He probably didn't even hear Jamie. What Dylan did for love was rewind that scene ten yes, times. exactly. He loved the Jamie-Cersei relationship. No, this is all a joke. I will say, uh, I did watch Batman Returns semi-recently around Christmas because I was I was wrapping presents and I was like, let me put on a Christmas movie <laughs> and put on Batman Returns. Like... That entire movie, I can't believe any of it was made. And that, like, the actors and everyone involved, like, 
were like, yes, let's do this. Like they read the script and they were like, they were like, this is a thing that a human being would say. I should do this. I think it's really, really, really hard to pick a favorite quote. But that's part of the charm of it. Oh, the movie was incredible. Incredible. Like, because it really felt like if you took a comic book and didn't, like, didn't ground it at all and just put it on screen. Right. Including all the things that, like, don't make sense in, like, a visual, like, movie medium. Leave it in. And then you Tim Burtonify it all. So like Danny DeVito's the penguin and he's just like the like way he like half eats raw fish and like it's so gross. It actually so much of it reminded me of that always sunny scene where he drinks the beer and then like regurgitates oh, it all. Coke. He gargles the No, it's um <clears throat> Is it's it beer? beer? I thought it's it was beer. red wine out of a Diet Coke can. And so like it, he just really had that energy. But it's really hard for me to pick a favorite quote from that movie. It's really hard, but if I have to pick one, it's got to be the exchange that Batman and Catwoman have when he goes to, uh, Batman goes to, like, rescue the woman that's supposed to, like, you know, unveil the tree lighting. Then she was kidnapped, and he, you know, was talking to her, and she says that, like, she was taken by, like, a, a short man that smelled like fish. And Catwoman comes out of the shadows and says, did somebody say fish? I'm starving. And Batman says, eat floor. And just, like, kicks her into the ground. <laughs> and then after she hits the ground, he goes, high fiber. And that that's the exchange. Like, And then they just move on like nothing just happened. And it's Michael Keaton. Yes. And let me tell you, like, that's the thing that's insane to me. Is that, like, all the actors are saying the lines as if it's exactly what should be said. Right, like, right. the acting is, like, so committed. They're putting in performances. <laughs> yes! So, anyway, great movie. Uh, everyone should watch it. I like, life's a bitch, and now so am I. That's such a good line. And then the fact that, like, she sets, like, the building to explode at one point, and, like, it just cuts out to Batman and Penguin outside the building having like an argument completely <laughs> separately and no one has ever seen Catwoman before in the movie <laughs> and then Catwoman just drops down into the street and they both just like look at her and she goes meow and the whole building explodes behind her <laughs> honestly that part was kind of cool but great movie especially around around Christmas <laughs> That's pretty much all I watched. I just watched Nope the other night. Hmm. Have you, had you watched that yet? Yeah, I saw that in theaters. The, did you like it? I did. Not as much as the other two. I like it third best of his three, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was really, really good, and it felt like it felt like it required more watches. Like I need to see it again. But the uh, like I am one of the like Get Out's the best one. But like I'm also us more than I like us a lot, and a lot of people like say it's like just not good. I don't know why, but I think Get Out is objectively a better movie, right? But I like us, right? I agree. And Nope, um, I like less than those movies, but it's still a really good movie. And I mean Jordan Peele. Greatest horror mind of our generation. Our, our generation. He's the greatest horror mind of our generation. That random girl said it in the movie theaters after he made one movie, and lucky for her, 
she's been right. <laughs> um, okay, what um, else? I mean, she's still no. He's still no. James Wan. Or, uh... <laughs> I never can remember his name because it's the most normal-ass name. The guy that did Hill House and... Mike Skull. <laughs> or not, Tom Skull. It's not Tom Skull. That's it's who Mike did Grizzly Park. Yeah, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> At least for TV shows, Mike Flanagan's the greatest horror mind of our generation. Well, hey, Doctor Sleep was really good, too. <laughs> it was. The way that you make a sequel to one of the most iconic movies of all time, and it's still good. I watched Don't Worry Darling. Okay, I didn't see this one. And I wanted to, despite the fact that everyone was saying it was objectively awful, I still wanted to. So, Carrie went to Virginia... I had Hudson. <laughs> How does this story start this early? <laughs> like I had time to watch movies. You're right. So I watched Don't Worry Darling, Clerks 3. Okay. And I can't remember what the third... Alright, so I watched Clerks 3. And do, But talk about Don't Worry Darling, because that's what you did first. I talked about it as much as I'd like to. You didn't say anything about it. <laughs> okay, so then you watched Clerks 3. <laughs> uh... Sorry, I'll give you one. If you run that back, you said, I watched Don't Worry Darling. And then I said, I wanted to see that even though everyone said it was terrible. And then you said, I watched Clerks 3. <laughs> if you'd like... No, that's if you, fine. If you'd like a, a, a quick one-liner. Don't worry, darling. More like, don't worry, if you've seen the trailer, you know how it ends. Okay. So then Clerks 3, which I haven't watched and I want to watch, and so I don't, you know, want anything too spoilery, of course, but I am interested in what you thought of it. Um, I enjoyed it. If you like Kevin Smith and the other Clerks movies, it's it's more of the same. It's probably closer to Clerks 1 than Clerks 2. I mean, that actually sounds good to me. But the I subject liked... matter is very, very, very different. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I liked Clerks 1 a lot more than Clerks 2. Um, so I won't get too much into it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's not one that I'll go back and watch over and over again. Yeah. All right. Well, there was one <laughs> thing that we both watched, and that's Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. It was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. It was starring Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Dave Batista, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., Madeline Klein, and Jessica Henwick. I wasn't going to list everyone, but then when I was looking at the cast, like, that's the whole cast. There's not really that many people in it otherwise. Whoever played Daryl is left off of this. I was going to say, his name's like Noah something. Yeah, um... But uh, we're supposed to ignore Daryl anyway. He's he's not part of the party. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of do a synopsis here that completely spoils all of Glass Onion. And movies like this are definitely best when you don't know what's going on. So, um, you know, just skip forward like three minutes if genuinely, you don't want to hear it. Don't even skip forward. Genuinely, if you've not seen this movie, please don't listen to this oh, episode. Oh, right. Yeah, yet. that's true. So Turn it off. Go watch the movie. It's on Netflix. I know you have a Netflix account. We know because we're right outside the window. <laughs> All right. So, billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends to his home, the Glass Onion, on his private island to have a murder mystery dinner. The partygoers are the head scientist of Miles Braun's tech company, Alpha, 
and his name is Lionel, the Connecticut Governor Claire, a fashion designer slash celebrity Birdie and her assistant Peg, a men's rights streamer Duke and his girlfriend Whiskey, and the tech company co-founder slash ex-CEO Andy. A famous detective, or the famous detective, Benoit Blanc, also gets an invite, but we find out he wasn't supposed to be invited, and Miles lets him stay, because he assumes someone invited him as a joke. Miles shows off his house, including the Mona Lisa, which he rented from the Louvre, and announces his house is running on Clear, a hydrogen-based fuel that Lionel and Claire are very much against because of safety issues. Um... This is also why Andy is the ex-CEO, because she was also against Clear and everything, and, you know, Miles got her, you know, kicked out of the company. The reason he gets specifically the Mona Lisa, too, is because, what does he say? He, like, wants to be, like, he wants to be mentioned in the same sentence as the Mona Lisa or something right. like that. Um, it's like some, it's it's like one of his one-liners, he says, to, like, look cool and important. So, at dinner... Benoit solves the murder mystery party immediately, and Andy has a fight with everyone else and leaves. The Duke drops dead after drinking from Miles's glass, and his gun is found to be missing. The lights go off, and everyone scatters. In the chaos, Andy is shot by an unknown person. Benoit sees this, and a big flashback begins. We learn Andy was found dead by an apparent suicide before this party. Her twin sister, Helen, hired Benoit because she thinks Andy was murdered. Benoit asks Helen to come along as Andy so she can help snoop around. And whoever murdered Andy would be at the party and wouldn't be expecting to see Andy there. So it would be like, you know, a big thing. So while snooping, Helen finds motive for everyone there to have killed Andy and learns they all visited her house on the day of her death. Also, um, apparently what happened is there was a napkin that, like, the idea for the tech company Alpha was written on. Like, Andy says she wrote the idea on the napkin, but Miles says he wrote the idea on the napkin. And so when he was kicking her out of the company, he was able to get every single other person that's, like, their friends that are at this party to testify that Miles was the one that wrote the napkin. And that's how they got Andy kicked out. But Andy found the original napkin and sent it out as an email to all of them and that's you know the motive why they may have killed her because of the napkin right so helen's notebook was in her pocket and stopped the bullet at this point they may as well just watch the movie benoit keeps her non-death a secret so she can go snoop in miles's office for the napkin the napkin is found revealing that miles was the killer because she took he took it from andy's house when he killed her Miles burns the napkin, destroying the only evidence. Helen destroys the room, then throws a little rock of clear into the fire, which causes the whole glass onion to explode and in turn burns the Mona Lisa, forever discrediting clear as a power source. All the party guests choose that when the time comes, they'll testify against Miles to send him away. And of course, now Miles will get to be mentioned in the same sentence as the Mona Lisa since his fuel burned it to a crisp. So that's like pretty much the movie, but if you watch it, it's a lot better than what that sounded like. <laughs> I I can guarantee it. So what did you think of the movie overall? I liked this better than Knives Out. 
No, I'm joking. I didn't. Oh my god, I was speechless. Like, not that there would be anything wrong with you liking it more than Knives Out. I just like that's the I never expected those words to come out of your mouth. Okay. Uh, no, I I really 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 liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought overall. Yeah. I thought the social commentary, you know, because. There was some social commentary injected in Knives Out. Out, So you expected there would be something um, in this one. I feel like the social commentary was a little bit more heavy handed Mm -hmm. in this, which Mm I I don't. It makes it kind of feel pandering a little bit. It was cool that it was subtle in Knives Out. Right. More subtle, I guess I would say. Right. I think that's the closest I can get to a negative. Oh, I see. It's not really mm-hmm. even a negative. It's yeah. just I would have I, I I appreciated the subtlety in the yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the last one. We usually call those not so goods, not, <laughs> not negatives. So. <laughs> and honestly, I'll I'll admit that I also really liked it, and it was a little tough to find some of those <laughs> not so goods in this one. Right. I mean, if we want to just you can go to the good into the positives. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a masterclass in directing yes and like um like frame composition and so i don't so kind of the structure of of the movie is Mm -hmm. it takes you all the way up to after dinner after benoit blanc figures out the the, yeah the mystery the murder mystery right and then it goes back to the beginning and it shows you everything from a slightly different perspective. Right, from Helen's <clears throat> perspective. Right. But if you go back and rewatch the movie, you can see all the things happening. You just weren't paying yeah, attention. You didn't, you didn't know the, the whole story. The biggest example is, okay, so the scene where Birdie is talking and she's she's talking to Peg and her hat is taking up almost the entire frame. Yeah. If you look underneath where her hat ends, you can see the recorder go into her bag. Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah, when Andy or Helen puts it in there. Right, exactly. And you don't see Helen do it until later in the movie. But it's and right obvious, there. And obviously that's also, they do the reveal where they show that she's back there in that shot. Um, but like you said, you don't notice the snooping she's doing because at that point you don't know she's Helen right. pretending to be Andy. And you're... Just trying to figure out who Birdie is. Yes, you're you know learning I mean? characters. Yes. Um, so there were a lot of things like that. Right. If you go back to right before Duke dies, Miles hands him the glass. They right. don't hide it. It's right there. Right. Miles has Duke's phone in his pocket. Right. I'm, I mean, center of the screen. Yeah, for like a second. Right. But that's the whole point. He's walking around with the gloves. That's the whole point of the movie. Right. It's in and and it was so funny every time Benoit pointed out that he's when he's just like, oh, it's just so stupid. Like he's because because the whole point of, you know, the house is called the glass onion. But the whole analogy, I one of my positives is the analogy of the mm-hmm. glass onion mm-hmm. and how there are so many layers to an onion. But with a glass onion, you can see straight to the center. All the layers are just like, 
masks like you you can see right past it it doesn't right. matter so they're, they're all like a facade like right. you think it's complicated because it's an onion and has all these layers but since it's glass you can see right through to the center i love the line where he's like <laughs> it's so dumb and bernie's like it's so dumb it's brilliant and he goes no it's just dumb <laughs> yes and so like all this stuff like you know miles handing him the glass the phone in his pocket, like, you watch it, Mm -hmm. like, us as the viewer watch it, and you think, like, you see that happen, but you think, like, if they're showing it to me, like, there's gotta be some other thing happening, like, that I'm not privy to. Right. But the point of the movie is, no, it was all right in front of you. It was just that dumb. (laughs) So, and so, and that's the whole thing, too. You feel like Miles is too stupid to, like, be plotting this thing or whatever. Right. No, like he is. It's just a stupid plan. Right. So all that was really funny. Well, and it's all, he doesn't do anything. Right. He sets up the murder mystery, but it was... Uh, Gillian Flynn. Yeah. That wrote it. <laughs> oh, something else that I was reading pointed out. Again, right there at the beginning. Right. You're, you're realizing, like, he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Where Duke's mom is, like, sitting at the table, like... Uh, just this is the, off. this is the solution. This is the solution. This right. is the solution. Like it only seems clever to his group of idiot friends. Right, right. Which uh, let me give you another positive. So the characters, you already said the di- the directing. Really, every single like technical point that you could give it points for it. It was great. Yeah. But the characters are what makes a movie like this so good. Mm-hmm. And I loved the small ways that they like you know showed. The characters, um, for instance, when it's showing that whole opening with the box and it's cutting between all the characters, seeing right. them try to figure out all this crazy stuff, and then it cuts to who we believe at that point is Andy. We don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. And she just smashes the box open with a hammer. Mm-hmm. So you see there's anger there. You know, you get some sort of character from it. She looks like she's not in the mood to play games. She bashes the box open, gets the solution by, you know brute forcing it instead Mm -hmm. of figuring things out so then as you go you learn of andy who's this like genius Mm -hmm. like you know pretty much the peer to what everyone thinks miles is but really andy was the genius of it so then you go back and you think but that doesn't really match with the person that just destroyed the box Mm -hmm. um you know that she's angry with Miles, but so maybe that's why she did it. And so then when it's revealed that it's Helen, mm-hmm. who's not like an idiot or anything, but she's just not, you the know, genius. the genius like, that her sister was, she just smashed it open to figure out the solution. And so it's cool that, like, the characterization works whether it's Andy or Helen. It yeah. doesn't matter. And then when it does turn out to be Helen, it just kind of makes the character richer because you right. have this background. So. That's an example of like, you know, just good, good writing, good characters, all that stuff. And I thought the performances were really good. I really wanted Catherine Hahn Mm -hmm. to be better. I I shouldn't say better. The character just more like involved and bigger. I wanted her to be, have a little bit more to do. She was more a straight character. She was very, she was good. Oh, of course she was. She's Catherine Hahn. But I really wanted her to be a little more over the top. Yes, I agree. But that's not, again, that's not her fault. That's not the movie's fault. Well, and you can't, every character can't be that. You've you've (laughs) got Kate Hudson and Dave (laughs) Bautista and there's not really much room for (laughs) anyone else to be. Exactly two out there. You need a more, like, normal person to be kind of injected. Right, right. Um, And then, since we're on the topic of performances, I mean, 
like Daniel Craig. He just killed it again. Like he he was it's a great character. He nailed it in knives out. And so when you go into this movie and he's the only character that's, you know, reprising the role, you just want to see more of him and they pretty much delivered on that. <laughs> yes. Okay, two things. Ryan Johnson has talked about how he toyed with the idea of having Benoit Blanc have a completely different accent Just in every movie. Just almost be a different person, yeah. And obviously they didn't, he, you know, they have him be the same, you know, detective yes. uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Right. And I'm not sure which one I want more. <laughs> I like him how he is. I do too, I do too. Um, um, one thing that I will, again, maybe... a not a not a not so good but something i i wished i missed from knives out mm -hmm. was the entirety of knives out was from marta's point of view mm -hmm. whereas this movie was completely from benoit blanc's point of view yeah and i i kind of missed not being with not knowing what he knew I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the genius of Knives Out was we're going to tell you who the murderer is right away. Yes. And you're going to want them to get away with it. Right. And Benoit Blanc, who's the good guy, the detective, right. You don't want him to figure it out because you like the murderer. And you, you know, know what I mean? And you can tell he probably will because he's a good detective. Because he's the best. Right. Right. So it Conflict was, right away. So it was just, there were so many, like, contradicting... That's a very good point. Like, levels to, like, two knives out. Yes, that's a, such a good point. <laughs> it was just something new that you'd never seen before. Right. So to follow it up, n now we're from... Benoit Blanc's point of view almost the whole time and it's a much more straightforward structurally a much more straightforward murder mystery with a vil a clear villain a clear like right. hero or whatever you right. want to say a clear a clear because it's glass <laughs> oh and clear the, the the fuel right I I missed that a little bit I agree again not it's not so much that I didn't enjoy it which I'll go with this. I'll I'll say one of my not so goods because it kind of like has, it kind of goes along with that. The whole like structure thing with the flashback mm -hmm. in the first movie, it kind of makes sense because the movie almost starts off with the murder. And like you said, you know who did it. Right. Um, and so then the flashback works to kind of explain the clues that Benoit has found. Right. To express that she didn't kill him. Like that flashback kind of happens. Right. In this movie, the flashback kind of reveals for this first half of the movie, you've just not known what movie you were watching the entire time. And so now that you have all the information, now we're going to start going forward with it. Right. Like, it was a little bit more... It, it almost, you have had all the information. You've just been watching it from the wrong perspective. Right. But they also didn't fully allow you to watch it from that other perspective. Right. right. Because there were a couple moments where, like, leaving the pool area, I think it shows Andy talking to um, Claire and Duke or something like that. I don't remember which characters it was. And it was... Like, uh, I know Claire was one of them. It and was Lionel. Lionel. And Claire <laughs> says, like, Leopold. <laughs> and Claire says something like, you know, she's like drunk or something like something's different about her. Mm -hmm. 
And then when it cuts back and now you're seeing Helen's perspective, you see their whole conversation. Right. And it just feels weird that it's like, you just left that information out because if you showed it to us before, like we would have had more of an idea what was going on. It felt like stuff was being left from us. Intentionally. Intentionally. Right. Which I feel like during a mystery, it's like, it feels a little bit like, I don't know, they just kind of like pull the rug out from under you like, oh, gotcha. Like you thought it was something else, but now it is. Like I said, it it's not yeah, that no, big a deal. You. Yeah, I didn't really bump into that too much. But it was just, um, I felt like Knives Out also did the whole kind of flashback thing. But it Better. was kind of once you had <laughs> more information and it was like more Benoit proving his theories. Right. Instead of just showing you why it's been a little confusing right. so far. But the, again, that comes from... You're not with Benoit the whole right. time. They, and then you have to shift to this other protagonist. Right. Which the movie would have been even more straightforward if we had started from Helen the entire time, right. obviously. It would have um, been too straightforward. Right. And it would have been boring. But, you know, I don't know. A little weird. Um, I also just want to say, just because it's really not that big of a deal of a not-so-good, that it really bothers me that they titled it a knives out mystery at it the bottom. It also bothers Ryan Johnson. And it's like I understand like they're doing it from like a we want to make marketing sure reason. people know that Glass Onion is a sequel to Knives Out. But then you could have been you would you could have said a Benoit Blanc mystery. Right, you could have. But that they're trying to get the people that won't remember that his name is Benoit right. Blanc too. Right. So well, Ryan again, Johnson has said he murder. doesn't like it. Yeah. He's like it's not murder on the Orient Express, right? A Poirot tale, right? You know what I mean? It's not. Ugh. It's just murder on the Orient Express, and it's fine because it's like you know the posters and stuff say glass onion. Like, yeah, who it cares? doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just stupid because it's like it, now the next one is it going to be a glass onion mystery or is it still, still going to be a knives out mystery or is it a knives out and glass onion mystery? Like, what's the third one? That might be cool. They make like six <laughs> of them. And they just it's list just every- always the titles completely listed. <laughs> Yeah, they'll save it if they can do that. <laughs> Which he, there is a third one like confirmed, right? That they're doing when he's made the uh, when he signed with Netflix, he signed on for two sequels. Okay, I think that he has said that he wants to make as many as Daniel Craig will do. <laughs> Listen to me, <laughs> I'll watch as many of these as you want to <laughs> no, make. No, absolutely. <laughs> Until Daniel Craig can barely stand up and speak, I will watch these <laughs> movies. So yeah, uh, I feel I feel like that's kind of everything I have. But you can keep going, and I could see if anything pops up. Not a ton. There was there was some cool um, reference, like one of the glass structures looked like the knife oh, sculpture I didn't from, notice that. from some Knives little Out. Easter eggs. You're yeah, saying? A, little, a couple little things here and there that were cool. But no, I mean overall, I just I I love these kinds of movies. Yeah. I, you know what? I just thought of... I thought it was hilarious when they did the flashback and it revealed that Benoit's husband is Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah. When he opened the door, I was just like... It's just, And he's only in it for like that <laughs> yeah. shot. Yeah, same thing with... Uh, in the first movie? No. Oh. Ethan Hawke. Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Hawk. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, and he looks exactly like the character from Moon Knight and it was oh they were shooting Moon Knight yeah very it, close to what was it when did Ethan Hawke come in cuz i remember, remember he was that. the one who shot the the vaccine into their mouth 
Oh yes, yes. And then also, <laughs> and he was like you're good. And then Serena <laughs> Williams was randomly like in it as like a, a yeah. personal trainer for Miles. Yeah, um, yeah. Things like that were so funny. And then oh, and I'm sorry, wanted to mention Janelle Monae. Oh yes. was incredible. We've already kind of said like all the acting was no, good, but you're they were right. Good, but she was especially because she played. She had to play two parts. Right. And then and the the way that they were so drastically different from each other. But like and like you could tell just by her facial expressions, like who she was being at the at the time. Right. She really did nail it. And I got to say, like Dave Batista also, like I think we were talking about it, that it's crazy that like, you know, wrestlers can be actors. I mean, they they pretty much are actors already. But like, what do you mean? <laughs> but like you look at the most famous wrestler is The Rock um, as far as making the turn to acting. And you look at like the acting style where he's just he's just Dwayne Johnson every time. And Dave Batista's out here being an actual actor, like right. putting in performances. Right. I was gonna say The Rock and John Cena are characters much more commercially yes. successful. Yes. Which I mean I really that's kind of even arguable because Batista's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. But it's the name recognition that like Dwayne Johnson has versus like when you go see Guardians of the Galaxy, you're not necessarily seeing it for Dave Batista. At this point, some people might be because <laughs> he is pretty funny in that. But you never saw Blade Runner 2049, and he's also in a scene in that where he's very good in a very yeah. short moment. Well, he's also in Spectre. I think so. One of the James, One of the Bond, James movies. Bond movies. With Daniel. With with Mr. Craig. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be great if I just called Daniel Craig Daniel every Dan. time? Just Dan, my Big friend Dan. Dan. Do you have more? Are we to the... I think we're to the game part. Okay. Who was that? You only saw him for a minute. Oh, that's Dylan's favorite character. Which I wonder if you guys can hear bruce just chomping yeah i'm on, really sorry about the background on his ball but he is loving that thing so we saw glass onion a while ago like mm -hmm. early december late november whenever it was in theaters so i asked dylan if he remembers his favorite character he says i wish i remembered but he still gave an answer he doesn't know 100 percent if that was on the day his favorite character or not but that's what he's gonna say so you get to guess I mean, the obvious answer is Daryl. That is the obvious answer. Is that it? It's Daryl. Okay. So Daryl is the guy that just like kind of walks through and Miles is like, oh, just ignore him. He's going through something right yeah. now. So he's here. And he literally doesn't have <laughs> any effect any on the plot. <laughs> it's just to be like, maybe Daryl's involved. But no, it's just that stupid. <laughs> My other guess was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wait, when was Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it? You haven't you haven't looked this up? No. He was the voice of the dong. Okay. So he th that was Joseph Gordon-Levitt right. for no reason. Right. Yeah, well, Dylan would never know that. Cuz he cameos in every Ryan Johnson movie. Who was he in Knives Out? So a voice on the phone. So toward the beginning Marta is talking to her mom and sister in their apartment right and the sister is watching a cop show on her laptop okay he's the cop okay 
I didn't know that about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. yeah he you also know cameoed what? in Looper. So this is... Well, yes, he cameoed as the main character. <laughs> the... Uh, there was another thing that you probably know about, but it's still interesting to tell our to tell our uh, our listeners. I don't know how many of you know this, but the products that you see in movies, um, like if you see like an Apple product or something like that, Apple as a company has stated that you know you're allowed to use their stuff in movies without having to pay them, but they will not allow a villain to use their products. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that in I guess spoilers for Knives Out. Well, you know what? I won't even spoil. Well, no, it is a spoiler. Okay, spoilers for Knives Out if you've never seen it. Um, we've also, if you've listened to our... All it, this entire thing, yes, you're 100% right. But uh, the villain in Knives Out is the only character that doesn't use an Apple product. He has like right. a, a, an, Android. an Android or whatever. And so if you know that fact about movies... You knew that he had to be the villain because he's the only one not using an Apple product, which right. is kind of dumb in a movie in a in a murder mystery. So Ryan Johnson kind of took realized that now for this one, and the villain in this movie doesn't even own a phone, right? And then on top of that, every other character isn't using Apple products, right? And uh, some people think that it's even a joke that, like, the the prize you won was an iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you never see Miles using an iPad, he but he, like, it. tosses it at Benoit. And so, like, you know, it, it almost makes you question, like, well, he had an iPad. Like, is he that? So it's kind right. of funny that, like, he was just like, F it. Like, no one has an <laughs> Apple product. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought that was That really was cool. all a really funny scene where he's like, is there a prize? He's like, well, what do you want? He's like, I don't know. I just thought there'd be like an iPad or something. Do I'll you give want, you an do iPad. You want an iPad. And then when he finishes it, he's like, I don't need an iPad. <laughs> I Like, I just want to make, I just wanted to make sure, like, you know, it's a, it's a game. I, <laughs> he's just so good. I feel like him being this character. Yeah. Like, tells me so much more about Daniel Craig, the <laughs> right, person. Right. You always think of him as, like, stuffy James Bond <laughs> right, like, or right. whatever. But no, he's Benoit Blanc, too. Yeah. All right, so what would you give this movie star rating out of five? I'm torn on this because I gave... Ni- I want to give this movie five stars. I gave Knives Out five stars. But I like the- I'm giving it four and a half exactly the same thought process i have i gave it four and a half like it's so good but like i actually think that as far as a movie goes with plot and everything knives out is flawless it nothing wrong with it the the biggest thing is that is like i said it just knives out was such a a revolutionary seems dramatic to say (laughs) but like a revolutionary structure of like ryan johnson is the greatest mystery mind (laughs) of our generation (laughs) he made a legendary movie yeah no i know what you mean um it just did something that hadn't been done for a long time and it did it magnificently right right um so yeah four and a half and of course, we recommend. But if you listened this far, I really hope you already saw it. <laughs> right. So maybe just take this recommendation as you should recommend it to other people that haven't seen it. So yeah. So that was Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. And now we're going to talk about. I still want to do what movies coming out this this year. You know, since we're at the beginning of the year here, are you excited to see? I actually I looked this up and I was 
surprised by just how many there were and so many that i like kind of forgot were coming out this year mine are in like categories oh okay well i can tell you then in categories that horror movies oh um, not that kind of category oh what kind of categories are you in Movies that I want, like, legitimately am excited to go see because I, I'm going to enjoy the experience. Of, I see. Like, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this movie. You, like, want to go to the theaters if you can. And then, like, I also want to see Megan. Megan is on my list. Megan looks awful. <laughs> it looks awful, but possibly in the right way. Right. Yes. Like, it and, looks... like, I really want to <clears throat> see Cocaine Bear. I've, I don't know what Cocaine Bear is. But, but you want to see it. <laughs> the title's got me interested, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, Megan, uh, the trailer, it comes out like on uh, very soon. I'm, I already know I'm definitely going to see that one. Right. And I guess in a horror category, M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin comes out this year. I just, I'm going to watch it. But exactly. I've, been, I've burned so many, I've been burned so many times. <laughs> That's exactly but Dave Batista's in this one. And Rupert Grant and Jonathan Groff. A lot of good people. It's just like, it's it's almost the higher amount of excitement, the worse the fall's gonna be. But you gotta go see the new Shyamalan. There were no expectations for Split. Right. And it was so good. Did you see Glass, Cody? Yes, I did. Matt, we're not doing a podcast on Glass right now. We're doing it on Glass Onion. Well, that would have been great if you showed up with notes for glass <laughs> in a puddle. Okay, but um, another horror movie, Scream Six. Scream Six is gonna be awesome. Now, what I'm hoping, I want to tell everyone right now, what I'm hoping, especially after just finishing Wednesday, I'm hoping I have not watched Wednesday. That's fine, but Jenna Ortega's in both of them. That's the only connection you need to know. I'm hoping the current main protagonist is killed off immediately. And Jenna Ortega is our new protagonist in Scream <laughs> because she's been great in like everything I've seen her in. I, honestly, the, the, the weakest only... link of Scream Five was that main <laughs> girl. The only thing I've seen Jenna Ortega in thus far is you. Oh, I didn't even know she was in you. Yeah, it's like the first thing. Okay. Well, not the first thing she was in, but like the yeah, yeah, like prominent yeah uh, thing. She was very good in it. She was in X uh, last year, mm -hmm. and she was good didn't in see it. it. She was in the Fallout Scream Five. Oh yeah, I guess I have seen Scream um, Five. But yeah, she was in the Fallout. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to do that yeah, for this, that and you didn't like, want to watch it. That looks like one of those movies that's like made to make you want to just die. Um, but Scream Six, cautiously optimistic. Let's say that. Oh, it's gonna be good as long as the main <laughs> girl is killed in the beginning, <laughs> and Jenna Ortega is our new protagonist. But Hayden Panettiere is back as Kirby, I believe. Um, oh, good. So that's something to look forward to from Scream 4. I guess finishing off the horror mm -hmm. category is Insidious 5, directed by Patrick Wilson, star of Insidious 5. What are they doing at this point? <laughs> I, do you know what? I don't care. Oh, no, me neither. I'm going to watch Let it. Let me see the title, though, because I felt like the... It's not just Insidious 5, obviously, and I felt like the title... The Insidiousist. ...was one of those things that, like, it doesn't give you any information, but is also very descriptive at the same time. Would Insidiousist be E-S-T or I-S-T? <laughs> E-S-T. But an I-S-T, like a psychiatrist. 
Insidious. Fear the Dark. <laughs> yep. Okay. But Patrick Wilson, it's his directorial debut. Mm. And uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne will reprise their roles. So we're going back to that family. Because <laughs> they poor family. They already tried two other things and said, yeah, that didn't work. Let's go back yeah, to no. the family. All right, so yeah, that's my horror category. What was the fourth one? Oh, the skeleton key. The, the no, last, the last key. key the yes. skeleton key was something else. So, what do you got? You got anything? Any category you um, want for horror? Whatever you want. We can just go through all the Marvel movies real fast. Yes. So I have we them got, all written down. So we got Guardians three. Yep. We got the Marvels. Yep. I'm sorry. I loved Ms. Marvel. Have you watched yes, it? Yes, I loved Ms. Marvel. I loved Ms. Marvel. I can't wait for that movie. Um, the Marvels. I was not. I was not a huge fan of Captain Marvel, the movie. Yeah. Okay. I, it was, I liked it. it. It was good. Yeah. I, I was, I'm not itching to ever watch it again. Yeah. And so I wasn't super excited for the Marvels. But now because Ms. Marvel's a oh, part yeah. of it. Oh yeah. And you didn't say Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Yeah. I mean, which obviously. is the soonest one. Yeah. And it's the one that's going to kickstart Phase five, Thirteen. Six. Oh. But yeah, I mean, all of those are going to be insane. Yeah, are those the only three? Uh, well, the one, three. two, three. Yeah, technically, but I Spider-Man guess, Across the Spider-Verse yeah. also comes out, but that's and not I guess Marvel you Studios. Also have the new season of Loki and yeah, all the shows. Yeah, which, what if and all that. Yeah, I don't know how excited I am for shows, but not even Loki. Well, Loki is probably the only one. Um, but the shows haven't been hitting like I want them to. The oh, movies, I, thought, I think they've been I've great. A lot. So yeah, so those are the Marvel movies. Of course, we're always going to be wanting to see those. Um, very excited for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, though. Yeah, for sure. And I also so is it one movie or two movies now? I think they just dropped the part one, and the next one is just going to like be have a different subtitle. Yeah, but I think it's still supposed to be like part one, you know, and part two. Yeah. Also, yeah. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, dude. That. <laughs> The trailer especially looks great, but that looks like one of those beautiful Christopher Nolan movies where it's going to be good, right? <laughs> but, like, try explaining why you want to see Oppenheimer. The only reason is because it's written and directed by Christopher <laughs> Nolan. That's, I've been saying this for <laughs> literally years. Yeah. That all you need is a black screen with white text that and says just Christopher Nolan's <laughs> new movie. Yes, this date, and you'll be there. Well, you won't like it. Won't sell the way right, but you will get the same amount of information. Right. With this one, it would probably sell more than showing you what the movie's about. <laughs> like it's one of those things where I'm just like low key dreading it that it's like it could be so boring, <laughs> but I mean. Killian Murphy looks like he's gonna be great, and you know it looks like it's properly. There was someone in strange. the in the trailer that popped up that I was like, "Is that so and so?" I think can't... the same thing happened to me. Oh, I think it was Robert Downey Jr. That's not. Oh yeah, not that exciting. He wasn't really in the trailer that much, but uh, an image was released of him, and he looks unrecognizable. Oh, good. Okay. Because he's gonna be like a a president or something like that. Oh, Florence Pugh is in it. All right. We're... This isn't the episode of more reasons why you need to see Oppenheimer. We oh, already be so good. Yeah, it, it honestly is probably going to be very good because I mean, even his boring, his more boring movies 
are like great movies they just like the subject matter is a little boring mm-hmm. and i mean oppenheimer is not exactly an, a boring subject it's just you know when you're when the other possibility is like interstellar or inception right. <laughs> why do i want to watch oppenheimer can i read you this little blurb from variety on cocaine bear the title speaks for itself in elizabeth banks's latest directorial effort which is a dark and comedic spin on a true story about a black bear that ate a duffel bag of cocaine in the 1980s. Elizabeth Banks. Starring Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and more. The thriller takes a turn toward fantasy when the bear goes on a murderous rampage in a small Georgia town. Oh, God, that is going to be wild. So it's about this guy was hiding cocaine in like a... In the woods. Right. And a bear got it. And then went crazy, had like a cocaine... Well, it says it goes into fantasy at that part, so maybe that didn't happen. No, it did. Okay. So yes, Cocaine Bear, definitely on the list. Now, will it be as good as Elizabeth Banks' other directorial effort, Pitch Perfect 2? Only time will tell. I don't remember enjoying that movie as much as... It's because it, it's because it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So then, the other movies I have on my list are Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Yeah. Okay. Everyone should go watch the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Maybe skip the first three, but you should watch the first one like for continuity. But um, and then I also I can't believe the way that we like went around. We're ending on me saying Super Mario Brothers movie, which. I know I'm not going to like. Okay. But I have to watch it. I read something. Did we talk about this already? No. I read something that was like, okay, what if it starts out live action and Chris Pratt is a guy playing a video game and gets like sucked into the game or something? It doesn't matter. And that's why Mario sounds like Chris Pratt. I still won't accept it. It's so (laughs) because the guy who does Mario's voice in the in the games games is listed right in the cast because they gotta throw him a bone some somehow. But what if they made him voice Luigi? (laughs) No, we know who's voicing Luigi. Charlie Day. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't. The thing gets dumber and dumber. But you see, it doesn't matter. Doesn't it's they made Chris Pratt play Mario, Matt. Don't try to rationalize it. They made Chris Pratt play Mario. It's going to be awesome. The animation looks incredible. Beautiful. Incredible. And it looks like they'll have tons of references for us, for us gamers that love Mario. Um, It's just, I love that, like, when he was first announced, a video went around, like, after the first trailer came out and we Mm -hmm. got to hear his voice, where he goes, (laughs) he goes, it's me, Mario. <laughs> that's not what the voice is going to be. And then it pauses <laughs> and it says, that's what the voice was. <laughs> I love that. But pretty much uh, Jack Black as Bowser. I'm fine with that. Honestly, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. I don't care. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Which I want everyone to know, I'm listing these off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm not looking at anything. But um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a YouTuber named Video Game Donkey. And he made a, a video where he called local 
Italian restaurants to ask them if they heard the news about Chris Pratt <laughs> being cast as Mario. And, like, some people were like, I'm calling the police if you call back. And some people were like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. But then as the video went on, he made up things. And my favorite one was, yo, did you hear they cast Whoopi Goldberg as Yoshi? <laughs> And someone was like, wow, I did not hear that. (laughs) And so I always just imagine that Whoopi Goldberg is playing Yoshi in this movie. Oh, Who is playing Yoshi? I don't know if they've announced that. Or if they're keeping that under wraps. They'll even talk. Yeah, that'll be the post-credits scene. That was the last one you have that you're excited for? That's the last one I have, Nothing for Little Mermaid? Oh, no, nothing for Little Mermaid. I just, the live-action ones haven't really been that great to me. I did realize I do have but one more though, so you can new say music some. from Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh man, I mean, I I feel like it has potential to be good. I just it's just him I singing don't. "Kiss the Girl," <laughs> <laughs> but like literally, like he's in another boat. <laughs> Wait, don't sing that. We're gonna get sued. All right, but anything else from you? I'm just surprised nothing for Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Let me tell you. I watched the trailer for that, and I was like, do I want to watch the next Transformers movie? (laughs) Nothing for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. All right, I'm going to say something. I know that I'm I'm someone that has a film degree. Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the best movies ever made, okay? I've never seen any of the other Indiana Jones movies. Are you serious? And I own all of them. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones has... No effect. No, I know that whole thing. It's pretty funny, but it, you know, it's still it's still a good movie, regardless. Temple of Doom is good. Last Crusade. Last Crusade is awesome. Uh, Crystal Skull. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why would you be excited for the next <laughs> Indiana Jones if you won't even acknowledge that the last they one? They haven't was made. made one since. Oh my since God. Last Crusade. Okay. All right. Um, but yes, I, I, if I had watched the other ones, I'd be excited for that. And then is the flash coming out? I don't know. I, it was on a list when I was looking, but it, it kinda, there's almost no way. It kind of has to though. <laughs> they should have just released Batgirl and not released the flash. Like imagine what's going on at DC where Batgirl was apparently, it was apparently unshowable. They had right. to cancel the whole thing, but they might put out the flash that has, we already know, is going to have no effect on the rest of DC because they've already restructured everything going forward. So it's just like a movie from the past. And then on top of that, its main star is... That whole story is insane with Ezra Miller. I don't even know where to start with that. So like, I, I can't imagine they release it for like four different reasons. But the fact that they like knew the right call is to not put Batgirl out is hilarious to me with everything else going on. I just feel like with with like the Mike, Michael Keaton cameo and everything, like oh, it'd be so upsetting if we never get it. Yeah, just release the Michael Keaton cameo <laughs> and then don't release the rest of the movie. And then my other one on my list is Barbie. I honestly, I don't know why, but it's looking great. All the all the are there trailers or anything yet? There was a trailer so far, and it's just like a funny recreation of 
2001 A Space Odyssey, like the monkeys with the bone, but it's with Barbie. Um, and then you see like one shot of like, you know, where she lives or whatever. And the, dream the home. set design, the probably a dream home. Yes. The set design, the costumes, it all looks pretty good. And uh, yeah, Margot Robbie, know. Ryan Gosling, written and directed by Greta Gerwig and stuff. Like It's Greta Gerwig? Yes. God damn it. And it's written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, I think. I want to so see it's... this fucking movie. <laughs> so I'm excited for Barbie. God. Is there anything else that you have? I'm sure there is. We're going to be here. We're still here. Even when you don't see us, we're still there. We're still outside the window. <laughs> we're out the window watching you watch Netflix. Now put on Glass Onion. And you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Run That Back. We post all the time. <clears throat> Constantly. Just as often as we put out episodes, actually. Um, and then our website is letsrunthatback.com. Our email address is letsrunthatbackpod at gmail.com. You can let us know what you're excited for, or you can DM us on Instagram. Some of you do that. My name is Cody. I'm Matt. This was Let's Run That Back. We're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And you guys have a good one out there. Thank you, Bruce.